Welcome back to Managing Your Perimeter. We are very excited to continue this series on the science of crowd control. I am Anna Real, and together on this one with Eric Kant. He is the owner of a business called Phase One Management, and he is an expert in crowd management and crowd control, has also a master's in the science of crowd control. We are just going to get started. And as we did with the professor, Keith Stills, we will just let him talk and tell you about his expertise and how he got into this. So welcome to the show, Mr. Eric Kant. Uh, thank you very much for the invitation. My name is uh, Eric Kent. I am from uh, the Netherlands. I run my own uh, crowd safety consultancy in the Netherlands, uh, but I work uh, globally, uh, mainly in the Middle East for uh, large uh, organizations. And um, yeah, in short, I uh, give organizers and authorities advice on how to um, organize their event uh, safely and then with a specific um, focus on the safety of crowds. That's it. That's what I do. That's fantastic. I love all that. And as I had mentioned earlier to our listeners, I found your name on that article that was discussing the Queen's funeral. And, and as we have alluded to, the this series for our Managing Your Perimeter podcast is the science of crowd control. Can you tell me how you got involved in that article? I mean, how how is it that you were mentioned? Uh, well, I uh, knew the, uh, the journalist, the reporter. I knew him from uh, previous uh, things that I, I did, worked for him. So he had some questions about this queue uh, from the uh, Queen's uh, funeral, and that's why he approached me. But I was not involved in the event at all. Okay, well, that's great, though. But then they just used your expertise, though, and be, being able to understand, perhaps, on how it was flowing. Um, I did speak to your colleague um, uh, in our first series, and, you know, he mentioned also that while he was not involved in the actual planning of it, you know, it was really just more on a consultative level um, that you seem to be involved in everything and that's how the article so i i think that's great i mean you obviously are an expert in your field so they're calling you to, to make sure that they understand yeah, that you. they that they understand how it all flowed and everything um so um tell me a little bit about how you got started in this i mean how what drove you to get started in this part of the business uh well i um worked for the police maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago it was, and uh, I got uh, in the police a new role as an event safety coordinator. Um, so I had to assess event safety plans. Mm -hmm. And then I had to think about uh, how the police would um, deploy their people at that event. Uh, so it, meant, it meant that I needed uh, knowledge on uh, safe events. And then I started to question what is a safe event, when it is safe enough, uh, what are the things that I have to look out for. And from event safety, I went into crowd safety. Uh, I had another uh, list of questions. And the thing was, when I went to my colleagues to ask, what is crowd safety and when is crowd safe and what are the numbers and the maths, uh, I got so many different answers mm. that I had to start searching for myself for answers. And then I started doing courses. In the beginning, they were two days, two day courses. 
and after um, maybe two years, I met Professor Keith Still, mm -hmm. and he said, "Listen, I'm setting up a master course uh, at the university in UK. Are you interested to uh, join this course?" And I did. So before I realized I was in a university course, which took four years. Okay. And then I got my master's in crowd safety. And um, yeah, I learned a lot. But still, I have many, many questions about uh, what is crowd safety exactly and how should we make it better for the people? Wow. So do you find that having taken those courses um, and, and studied it sort of a little bit that way um, and then using um, basically hands-on knowledge, I guess, right? Um, so do you find that there's a nice mix? So those courses are really, really helpful for that so that when you get on the ground, you, I mean, you obviously have a, you know, law enforcement background, so you understand that part of it. Um, but, you know, do you find that those courses were very helpful with that? Because it sounds like they really are. I mean, in talking to Keith, it sounds like it's it's something a lot of people should really consider. Uh, well, every course was uh, very helpful, of course. Uh, when I look back, um, I can compare the two days courses with the four years master, yeah. and that is non-comparable. Um, so every course that you can uh, take on crowd safety, take it, mm -hmm. um, but also realize that uh, your expertise uh, stops somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so you cannot know everything and be uh, be honest to yourself when you are uh, questioning something and you don't have an answer, ask for expertise ask somebody to help you. I know I uh, what knowledge I have. I also know where my knowledge stops mm -hmm. and when I need help from someone else. Oh, I think that's fantastic. That's very so, important. That's great. So when you um, oh, then having said that, then when you go to these events and everything and you're sort of, you know, on the ground and you're doing these things, do you have a team of people that maybe specialize in certain things and you sort of oversee everything or you know, are you all coming in on the same level and, um, you know, each of you takes a different aspect of sort of the, the science of it and the crowd control part of things? How do you do that when you come on to an event? Yeah, it depends on the assignment. For example, when I was in Dubai, I was head of crowd management and it was about uh, a fun run with 200,000 participants that oh, had gosh. to pass the start and the finish line within three hours. Oh my gosh. Um, and at that's the a, end of the. That's a fun run. <laughs> that was a fun run. And it was a huge crowd. And the trick was that um, 150,000 people had to be sent into a shopping mall after they finished because that shopping mall was the sponsor of the run. Oh gosh. And of course, that was a big challenge. And I was the head of crowd management. So that in that role, I didn't have anyone to uh -huh. discuss. <laughs> because I was the expert over there. <laughs> <laughs> so you were just hoping that maybe your team could follow along. <laughs> but we we managed and um, I, it was just a matter of applying the models uh, okay. as we as you know, as we know them. Sure. And it all worked out fine. And uh, at Soundstorm, it's another uh, situation because there we were with maybe seven or eight 
masters in crowd science. Oh, nice. So um, we all knew uh, what we could. Um, and there it was much more easy to uh, get sure. things uh, to work. So the sandstorm you're referring to, that's the one that you just did in, in Saudi. That's the one that was in Saudi, correct? Yes. Um, that's great. That, I love that because actually one of our colleagues, um, Chris Rakin, was also there on the production side of things. So I was fascinated to, to see and hear that you were there as well. Um, and while you all were there, I actually flew to Qatar for the first, for the opening week of um, the World Cup. And I specifically flew there so that I could see some things on the ground and be able to speak somewhat intelligently about them. Um, mm -hmm. And my takeaway was that uh, the first night we decided to go to the festival, the fan festival, and um, it was not good. <laughs> it was not good, but I specifically put myself in the crowd so that I could see what it was like. And um, and then 12 hours later, when we came back to the same entrance, they had already reworked it. We're installing fence with concrete, the whole nine yards. So I was very, very, very pleased to see that they knew they couldn't do anything about it that night, but they waited and overnight they made the transformation and you could tell the difference in how they were managing, you know, entrance for the crowd and exit and everything. Um, so um, I applauded them for that. I thought that was, I thought that was excellent. I thought they did a great job with that. It was, it was a really good to see and especially flying that far to, to be able to witness that. It was good to see. Yeah. I saw that you were there. Yeah. And uh, the coincidence is that I also worked for the FIFA fan festival. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. I modeled some, uh, some scenarios over there. Uh, one of them was the ingress. Okay. And it was already predicted yeah. by me that the ingress was going to be mayhem. Yes. And it turned out uh, that I was right. Yes. I did not ever want to use the word mayhem <laughs> when I was talking about it. And I didn't in any of my, you know, sort of social media postings. I did not want to say anything about it. I really wanted to save it for this conversation. Um, yeah. be only because a lot of people really wouldn't understand it. But um, yes, being right in the middle of that mayhem, um, like I said, the 12 hours later when I returned, I was thrilled to see that um, it had been addressed and um, they had they had done something about it. So um, that was that was that was nice to see, um, because by the time we got ourselves back on the metro system, they were announcing that that particular stop was no longer available because they had reached capacity. Of course, at that point, it was too late because everybody was already there. So, yeah, know. but <laughs> the thing is, um, this is crowd science. We predict problems. Mm -hmm. And um, this is the bad thing about being a, a consultant, because they can um, put your advice aside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe this happened, um, but it is a serious issue when I read in the Netherlands or uh, when I'm in the Middle East and I read that there are big problems at this festival, which yeah. I already predicted. And then I think by myself, uh, why do you ask my help? <laughs> uh, and then when I say, listen, your ingress uh, is problematic. Why didn't, don't you change it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How possible <laughs> that um, someone builds an ingress system like this when you already know it's not going to uh, work? 
Yeah. It, um, it was definitely, it, it, I mean, I saw it, I saw it as I walked up to it. I knew that there were definitely going to be issues, but like I said, um, putting myself right in the middle of it so that I could have an actual conversation about it was what my intention was. Um, but, um, did, did so the, what I saw them coming with the solutions were those solutions you had given them from the beginning, because I would assume that it would be. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't give them solutions. I only okay. pointed, pointed them uh, to the system which was not working and okay, I showed them it. why. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But when you typically come on site then, so let's go back to, let's go back to then the overall um, study of this. When you typically come on site, will you point out, you know, areas of weakness and everything? And then will you provide a list of solutions that they can figure out? uh when i have the chance to do it yes i do it uh i most most of the time i check everything on a, from a, a cut plan i start okay. to measure mm -hmm. and uh, from a cut plan already i can see and from of course uh the the information about the event how many people are going to be there when are, are they going to arrive uh, what is the timetable of the artist when i combine that everything i can already see the risks occurring right uh, and i can also point the problematic areas on a site mm -hmm. um but then another thing is that you have to go outside uh to see the site for yourself to measure the things to mm -hmm. find out that the corridor is not 10 meters uh <laughs> like it is on the cut but it is only six meters yes. and uh, that there are obstacles everywhere which are not on the cut plan so there is always uh, a difference between the cut plan and the reality, mm -hmm. which you have to really you have to uh, go out to see. Yeah, and uh, of course you try to find as many as possible weak spots and do everything what you can to get it changed before uh, the doors open. Sure. Uh, but in most of cases we are only there several days before the event starts, and then it is very difficult. Uh, to get things changed. That's why it's so important to get us involved as early as possible. Absolutely understand. I and 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 I would definitely. I mean, I definitely understand when you're looking at a CAD drawing and then you get in there and the actual field fit for things. Um, you know, like you're saying, something could be ten meters and it's not. So yeah. um, you know, you're field fitting and you're trying to make sure that it fits the overall plan. Um, but yeah, there's definitely um, times where you have to like make the changes and figure out how it's going to work, right? I yeah. mean, they still have to get the people in there, but you just get to figure out how it's going to make people work. So, um, you know, I think most of us in this business, you know, we're, we're in this business, we love this business, this is what we do, and we, we stay in it, and our passion is to um, always be part of it. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, what drives you to want to stay in this? I mean, is it something similar or... Is there something, you know, about it that you just can't let go of or? <laughs> well, I cannot let, I, I cannot let go of. Um, I need to uh, model sites. I need to model crowds and to see where we can improve. And I see so much right. opportunities to improve um, event sites. And um, yeah, I like to see the people smile, have a good time. Uh, they don't think about their safety. They just go there and they want to have a good time. And they really expect that other people, experts, thought about their 
safety. Mm-hmm. And um, well, this is what I do. I think about their safety and I prefer to work behind uh, the curtains in uh, silence. Nobody has to know that I'm doing it, but I want to do it. Oh, I like that. Yep. I know. I understand what you mean when you're talking about behind the scenes. I think, you know, um, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes and these people that come to these events and, you know, and, and you're obviously the goal is to make sure that everyone is safe. And the goal is to make sure that, you know, ingress and egress um, um, flow is the best way that they can. And then in the event of sort of a panic or something, you know, plans B, C, D, and E, have been figured out and they can be executed properly. Um, you know, I, I know that, 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 that definitely comes in when we're in here trying to make sure all of these things are planned correctly. Um, what is the largest event that you've worked on? I did hear that that Saudi event was, was very large and, um, but um, t- just tell me what the largest one that you've worked on. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course, Saudi has a lot of visitors because it is spread over several days. But mm-hmm. uh, if we uh, consider um, visitor numbers in one day, then it was the Dubai run. Ah, yeah. okay. Wow, that's really incredible. I mean, 200,000 people at a fun run. <laughs> I would be walking, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I uh, I have also worked for events uh, where there are uh, five hundred thousand people in one day, but they are spread over uh, several cities, and uh, so I yeah. cannot. Um, yeah, I cannot uh, include that in that that list because it is so spread over a part of a country. Right. But the fun the fun run in Dubai with two hundred thousand people in three hours uh to process that was for me the biggest crowd that i had to manage and so if having look when you look at a big crowd like that then what do you think what are the biggest issues with that then so when you what's the like that's a, that's a big crowd if you're doing a fun run so what what are yeah. the biggest issues that you're looking for uh the biggest issues where i'm look what i'm looking for is um oh that's a good question well, the, the biggest issue is that you work with so many agencies that okay. all have a role in the crowd management mm-hmm. that, uh, and sometimes it's then very difficult to understand uh, what a particular agency is exactly doing mm-hmm. uh, to uh, avoid uh, accidents. Uh, that are the biggest issues for me. Does everybody know what he has to do? Right. Um, do we know what the other agencies are going to do? Do we have a, a holistic plan integrated? Uh, where Do we have a plan where all the other plans are integrated with each other? Mm-hmm. Do we have 100% uh, view on what is going to happen? That is uh, That was my main concern. Wow, that's a lot. And I'm sure that you're working, I mean, you know, each city in every country has so many different agencies that want to be involved. And everyone has their input and everyone is an, is an expert in a certain area. So, um, and everyone has a personality. Um, yes. <laughs> so yeah. you have to combine all of that and, and work with that. And so, um, yes, yeah, so we, I mean, I definitely understand that when we go into cities and we have that as well, um, you know, lots of different government agencies and local agencies, um, but you know, they hire us for a reason and, um, 
it is always nice, you know, when they do stop and take a minute and listen to what what we have to say and what what we're bringing to the table that can help them. Um, So, um, so do you see yourself doing this for a long time? Do you see yourself like bringing some proteges up and teaching them your business or what do you see with yourself? Uh, yeah, very good question. (laughs) I didn't think think of this yet. I think I will uh, continue for, uh, some years more. That's good. That's um, great. Because because i still like it too much to stop yes uh i do have some plans uh for the future which i'm not going to announce here but, <laughs> okay uh, that's okay <laughs> and i have one protege uh in saudi okay um i met him uh in march at the formula one in Jeddah, and the guy was cleaning the floor of the concerts uh at the um, uh at the formula one and he approached me and he said uh oh sir i really uh want to be in event safety and i want to get experience and i already have my certificate uh x and a diploma y and uh can you help me anyway so i post a message on linkedin uh, about this guy because i really didn't, didn't know how to help this guy sure and uh, i post a message on linkedin and right now he is in uh, Riyadh already from uh, august and he is uh, hired by the company safe events from ireland and he's doing all the safety inductions he trained ten thousands of people that wanted to enter the soundstorm site oh wow uh, and uh, he is going in a sort of uh, process that he gets his official uh, certificates. And I'm also going to help him with some uh, certificates. So That's amazing. I want him to be the best in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. uh, in crowd and event safety. That's and, great. Uh, yeah, he's not, a, he's not a real Saudi. He's from Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. And uh, these people have it uh, difficult over there in Saudi Arabia because they are not considered as uh, real Saudis. They are a sort of uh, third rank uh, citizens. Mm-hmm. So it will be ve- very great to help him. And his family is so, so happy with uh, oh, this. Uh, that's nice. Yeah. Very, very nice. I like it when, well, first of all, I love it when somebody's proactive and they approach to say that yeah. they want to learn. I think that that's, that's half the battle, right? I mean, we always think that we can find somebody that we can train for things, but um, when someone actually is proactive and takes the initiative, I mean, that's half the battle because that means their heart is already in it and um, they already have a passion for it. And yeah. I mean, if you don't have a passion for this, you're just not going to succeed because you cannot no. just sit there and check boxes and be cookie cutter about it because it's not going to work. So um, that's nice to hear. Oh, good for you. I love that. I like that story. That's very, very nice. Um, Well, anyway, I um, just wanted to take a minute. I'm so happy we found you. Um, You know, I when I found that article and I found the names in there and I just wanted to just pick your brains. I mean, how fascinating that, you know, you all are in this business. You know, here we are in the U.S. and, you know, I had the chance to talk to Keith, you know, over in the U.K. and now you're in the Netherlands. So, you know, for me, this is um, it makes me happy. I mean, I'm as passionate about this as I do anything. And I try to relay that message also. Um, And we use this podcast to sort of just give people an expanded knowledge of what else is out there. Do you know what I mean? Um, Because it's like what you're saying, you know, this next year, 2023, things are ramping up again. These festivals are coming back. 
you know, um, in the U S we're going to go into like election years and, you know, it's, it's not going to slow down again. And I, even if, you know, God forbid another pandemic hit, people are going to do it a little differently this time, but I don't see it coming to a complete halt again. Um, and I think that, you know, everybody's anxious to be out there. The artists are anxious to be out there. The people that do these events are anxious to do them again. Um, and as I said to some of the, you know, performing artists, you know, when they're getting ready to do, you know, 130 shows or 80 shows, right. And they're going around the world. I'm like, yeah, they're great at, you know, 25, you know, but once they hit like 50 and 60, their crew gets tired, the production teams get tired and everything. And that's when really people have to start paying attention to everything. Um, And so any knowledge that you and I can bring to the table at those levels um, just can only benefit um, even in the slightest way. Um, I always say that if we do get a chance to talk to these people and they take away one thing from any message that we give them, um, you know, that's half the battle. So um, I sincerely appreciate you taking a minute (laughs) to chat with me. um, And I do hope I get to meet you. Um, There are some things on the FIFA side that, you know, I'm getting involved in, in the U.S. side for 2026. So um, I think our paths are going to continue to cross. Um, And I think that um, it'll definitely be interesting because I know um, Formula One has... um, the Las Vegas here. Um, and so I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be good. It's going to be it by then everybody is, you know, trying to figure out how to perfect certain things. But again, I thank you so much for your time. Um, and I look forward to, to seeing you again and, and definitely perhaps being on the road and working with you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you for our listeners. Go find this podcast on your favorite, on your favorite station, Managing Your Perimeter. The Science of Crowd Control has been a great series for us. We're really, really happy to be sharing all of this with you. So please take a minute, take a listen to it, follow along with us. We have so many more subject matters that we're getting into. And if you can think of something, as we always say at the end of our shows, send it to us. Managing Your Perimeter. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Mm -hmm.